Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone. A place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to uh, send us an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And for the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV, visit www.simultv.com. And we're coming to you around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and of course, the Exxon Broadcast Network. Um, we played Abraham, Abraham, Martin, and John uh, coming into this uh, segment, the first segments of tonight's show, because our first guest tonight is a gentleman who's written a book entitled Chasing Ghosts. It's available on Amazon, and of course, I'm talking about our good friend, uh, Jim Kepke, and uh, Jim has researched the Kennedy assassination for over 25 years now. He has interviewed CIA directors and uh, persons who held key positions in the White House, Jim's research has revealed information previously unknown. In fact, Oliver Stone has stated that Jim's research is insightful and valuable. Joining me now is Jim Kipke. And uh, Jim, welcome back to the Exxon. Great having you with us again. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. Gosh, it's good to talk to you again. Good to be here. Uh, Jim, at this time of year, a lot of people are getting ready for... Uh, the remembrance of Kennedy. Here we are in the, the the end of September, going into October, and still to this very day, people are still wondering what really happened that day in Dallas when young President Kennedy was was assassinated. Jim, how did you get involved in doing the research you did and writing your book entitled "Chasing Ghosts"? Well, you know, I was looking for a hobby, something that would kind of distract me from my uh, job. I had a real busy, stressful job. And I had always heard so much about the Kennedy assassination. And, you know, everyone knows that. Everyone has their own opinion, and people look at little bits of evidence, and it kind of reinforces their 
preconceived notion. I wanted to find out what really, really happened, you know, settle it in my own mind. Mm-hmm. And I was perfectly willing uh, when I started my research to accept the government's conclusions that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. So I set out trying to find evidence that would support it. And everywhere I looked, beginning with the Warren Commission report itself, I found exactly the opposite. Really? What was the first uh, evidence that you found that started to open your eyes and say, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't add up with what I'm being told by the government? Well, I think the first thing, you know, I read the Warren Commission report and all Mm -hmm. the different volumes. And one of, you know, the classic thing is the single bullet theory or what some people call the magic bullet theory, that one bullet did all that damage to Kennedy and John Connolly. And I found out that... A person who was on the Warren Commission, later to become President Gerald Ford, admitted that he changed the autopsy evidence because if he did not change it, the magic bullet, bullet theory would not work. Well, <laughs> with, with that itself, he admits that the Warren Commission conclusions were wrong or that, you know, you would say that they were, were a lie. And I just couldn't imagine why anyone would accept the Warren Commission report when the person on the committee admitted to changing autopsy evidence. Especially somebody in such a high place and then becoming the president of the United States himself. Was he ever held accountable for that that, um, fudging of the document? Well, the closest he came to being held accountable was a reporter did ask him, um, why did you change it? Mm -hmm. And Ford's answer, and I'm quoting here, I did so for clarity, whatever, <laughs> which, okay. you know, what sense does that make? He, he did it because without changing the autopsy evidence, the magic bullet there wouldn't work. Um, it's just a, a travesty of justice, and I don't know that much about the law, but it seems like what he did should have been illegal. Yeah. Um, so when- he lied to the American people. And yet this is a very little-known fact. You know, the first time I heard about it was when you first told me. Yeah, uh, people don't know about this. And, you know, when I first saw my research, I said, Mm -hmm. well, this can't be right. So I did a lot of—I learned over the years to do a lot of fact-checking different sources, and I found out that that's exactly right. That's an exact quote that he admitted to changing the autopsy evidence so the magic bullet theory would work. And I just—I was stunned when— I confirmed that this was true. Uh, how could he get away with it? Um, just, it's just a shame. It really is. And he took he took the secrets with him to the grave. Whatever really happened. So does this, in fact, prove or add to the proof of the theory? Well, it can't be a theory if it's proof, right? That there was, in fact, a conspiracy. Well, I think there had to be. You know, another thing that people just don't seem to know. As I found, there was an audio tape of another member of the Warren Commission, uh, Senator Richard Russell. And the audio tape is of him talking to then-President Lyndon Johnson. Uh, Senator Richard Russell did not want to sign the Warren Commission report because, he told Lyndon Johnson, I don't believe the same bullet that hit Kennedy hit Conley. And President Lyndon Johnson's response was, I don't believe it either. (laughs) And now, now that's that's... On the Internet, you can actually go and Google that conversation. So there's another member of the Warren Commission report saying that it's false, and another president of the United States, in this case, Lyndon Johnson, saying that it was false. Now, how do they get away with this? I have no idea, my friend. Mind you, in this this day and age, anything is possible. Um, In your opinion, based on the research that you've done and the number of people that you've spoke to, some in very high places. Why was President Kennedy assassinated? Well, he had, I think he had tried to, what we would call now, drain the swamp. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the CIA had committed a massive failure with the Bay of Pigs. Right. Kennedy had said he was going to shatter the CIA into a thousand pieces. He had no friends in the intelligence agencies, the uh, uh, top people in the military were angry at Kennedy for not invading Cuba. Um, Kennedy was against the uh, the oil companies 
paying so little taxes. So he had very few friends in big business, very few friends in the military and intelligence agencies. And, of course, the, the mafia, the mob, was very upset with Kennedy because he was letting Bobby run roughshod over the mob. And Bobby Kennedy was actually destroying the control of the mafia on the country. So Kennedy had no friends in, in high places. But he was the president of the United States. He was voted in by the people. Um, you know, Kennedy sounds like another president that was, you know, trying to drain the swamp as well. Uh, when we look at the, the, the goal or the idea of disbanding or shattering the CIA into a million pieces, why didn't he do it? I think he would have. Um, I talked with uh, a gentleman who was uh, director of covert operations for the Joint Chiefs of Staff, mm -hmm. and he said Kennedy's had started a plan to restructure intelligence and turn intelligence duties back over to the military like it was in World War II. Right. Uh, the CIA was born after World War II, and what Kennedy had in mind was to turn intelligence gathering back over to the, the military, to naval intelligence, to, you know, Army uh, intelligence, and let them deal with it. Who was the uh, director of the CIA during uh, that time when President Kennedy was assassinated? Um, when he was assassinated, no, it's, it's funny. Uh, Richard Helms was the deputy director, mm -hmm. and uh, Kennedy had just fired Dallas. I can't, I just... Name just escapes me of who was the uh, director at the time. All right, we've got about uh, 10 seconds here before I take my break. So, Jim, we're going to take the break a little early so that we can okay. come back uh, with you and talk to you about your fascinating book, of which I still have yet the autographed copy that you sent me many years ago here in the office library. And Exonation, if you'd like to get a copy of this book, what is in it is, well, you put the Warren Commission on one side, you put... Jim Kepke's book on the other side of a table. And after reading Jim's book, you kind of look at the Warren Commission and say, nah. It's available on Amazon.com. Once again, Jim Kepke is our guest. He's the author of Chasing Ghosts, and this is The X-Zone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Jim and I will be back on the other side of the short break, so don't go away. friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. So long for a miracle to come. 
And welcome back, everyone. Jim Kepke is our special guest. He is the author of Chasing Ghosts. It's available on Amazon.com. Jim, how long did it take you to do the entire research that people can read about in your book? Well, I'd say about 10, about 10 years, most of the research that I covered in my book, it took. Um, I, what I did is I sent, out, I sent out a big net. I tried to contact everybody I could think of who held positions of power back in the 1960s and 70s. And sometimes I had to send out two or three letters. I did a lot of uh, Freedom of Information Act requests. Now, those, by their very nature, take sometimes take several years to get a response to. So I would say 10 years, the majority of my research took. At any time, did you feel that you might be treading on so many toes that you yourself might be in danger? Um, A few times I did, yes. Um, I can get into that. Please. Both of those probably were when I interviewed two former CIA directors. Um, I interviewed William Colby who I thought was a very, very intelligent man, and I thought he was very straight with me. And he warned me. He said, you know, you're getting, you're getting in over your head here, and you have to be very careful. And I'm thinking, well, if, if there was no conspiracy, if Oswald was the lone assassin, right. what, would, you know, what would I have to worry about? Who would I be offending? You know, Oswald is dead. And, you know, when someone... You know, if if you're talking to your neighbor about this and they say you better be careful, well, ha ha, that's that's great. But what does he know? But when you're talking to a a CIA director and he says you might be getting in over your head, you're starting to step on toes. That's when I started to get worried and wonder, you know, should I continue with this or not? And I did take a bit of a pause after Colby told me that because I really wanted to think about whether or not I should proceed, but. Oh, no one's ever accused me of being smart, so I kept, <laughs> I kept on researching it. Do you think we'll ever know what really happened that day in Dallas and who the people were behind the assassination of JFK? I think so, because I think there is at least two smoking guns out there oh. that still exist. And what are they? And I, well, one of the, the Freedom of Information Acts responses that took me years and years to get from the FBI was I asked for information about Lyndon Johnson mm-hmm. and the assassination of President Kennedy. So after, I don't know what it was, three or four years, I come home from work and there's this huge box on my front step and it's their response. And it's, oh gosh, I couldn't tell you, Rob, how many hundreds of pages uh, were in it. So I go through it one by one and most of it was just garbage that they just seemed to, you know, want to distract me with. But I got down towards the middle of the pile, and there was a declassified top secret uh, document that they included in it. And now this this is kind of a long story, so so bear with me here. Oh, I will. It sounds very what interesting. The memo, yeah. the memo said, and this was from J. Edgar Hoover, who was the director at the time, that the FBI had a longtime spy or mole planted in the KGB in the Soviet Union. And according to the mole, this, uh, according to the document, this mole had always provided correct information to the FBI. And this time, the mole had provided information that the KGB, because they wanted to know, you know, what went on with the assassination, they wanted to know what happened. They did their own investigation, and they were able to uncover evidence that implicated Lyndon Johnson in the Kennedy assassination. Now, my guess is it must have been some sort of tape recording. I don't know if they taped his mugged a hotel room or his limousine or, you know, I have no idea. But that would be Johnson talking about the Kennedy assassination and his involvement in it. To the best of my knowledge, that still exists. Now, I've been... Uh, working with the uh, Russian government for, gosh, close to 20 years, trying to get that document released. You know, I've been to the Russian consul. I've talked to the people at the U.N. and the embassy. Mm -hmm. 
And at that level, they're actually very sympathetic to what I'm trying to do. And they do give me some ideas and they offer some guidance. But when my requests get up to the upper levels of the Russian government, I'm always turned down. But I'm continuing to try to find you know, some way in to get that. Now, I've talked with some archival experts uh, who work with the Russian government, and they tell me there are two sets of KGB archives. They're the ones that are open to the general public, and there are the top secret ones that are not open. And they say what you're looking for are in the top secret ones, and what you need is permission from someone in authority to, uh, to get those, that evidence out. Now, just to be clear, I'm not interested in, in getting this and, and selling this. I'm not going to make any money off it. If I get it, the first thing I'll do is post it on the Internet so everybody for free can go and you know, pull up these, these tapes or this recording and listen to it because I think you know, this, this information belongs to the people. If President Johnson had anything to do with the assassination of JFK, what would happen to the existing government? Would there be any implications? I think, yeah, I think people would start saying, why has this been covered up from us? Mm-hmm. Why has, you know, I think there are people in the government right now who know this exists. And um, I think people would mm-hmm. would finally get a fire in their belly here in this country and say, why has this been held back from us? Why has the government participated in covering this up? I think a lot of people in government would start sweating, and, you know, people would demand some answers. And then I think people would, you know, take it to the next logical step, which is, what else has the government been covering up? Do you think that Russia had any part in the assassination of JFK? I don't. I don't. I've seen no evidence of that. Um... It, it just seems like um, they, well, just the fact that they wanted to know and did their own investigation in the Kennedy assassination kind of tells you that, you know, they did not have a part in it. At least I, I've never seen anything to indicate they did. If Lee Harvey Oswald was not part of the assassination, but actually a patsy, um, the fact that he had military uh, or he was involved in, in what was he, Russian? Well, he he had something to do with Russia, didn't he? Um, yeah, he was uh, when he when he was in the Marines. Right. He was based in a listening post that uh, apparently tracked U two flights going over Russia. Right. So, do you think and, that that this might have been the government's attempt to get the people to look towards Russia to get the the uh, the onus off them? You know, I I don't I don't know that, but there's certainly something going on and something well thought out and planned. Um, And again, I think there's information out there that will answer a lot of questions. Wasn't there something to do with the Army? uh, Let me see if my memory serves me correct. It's been a long time. Uh, Where the Army that that was going to be adding protective details within Dallas were told to stand down? Yes, yes, that's correct. Um, the people that were normally assigned to that role were told to stand down, and the the commander who was told that um, mm-hmm. protested because he, you know, he knew it was a mistake. Right. As a matter of fact, the uh, one of the people at the Pentagon, uh, you know, a gentleman I referred to early, uh, Colonel Fletcher Prouty, would have been one of the people who would have been assigned to that detail to go down there and you know make sure all the windows are shut on Dealey Plaza right. to make sure safeguards are in place, and they sent him to uh, the, the South Pole, <laughs> of all things, at that time. He thinks just to get him out of the country and to get as many experienced people out of the way and to get them away from Dallas. Now, wasn't, it wasn't uh, the assassination of JFK also reported in newspaper prior to it actually happening? Yeah, I, I think it was Colonel Prouty again who arrived in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I think it was New Zealand. And the newspapers there already had the whole backstory on Oswald. And this was like, I don't know, a couple hours after the assassination. And how in the world, you know, we're talking the 1960s here. 
no internet. Yeah. And he couldn't figure out how in the world all those stories. He said it was as if those stories had been planted in advance. Still, one of the greatest mysteries that people talk about all the time. And, uh, Jim, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. You and I have to take another commercial break for the news at the bottom of the hour. But when we return, more with our guest this hour, Jim Kepke, who is the author of Chasing Ghosts. And uh, Chasing Ghosts is available on Amazon.com. Wow. All those years ago, and I'll bet you that there are people listening to the show right now who knew exactly where they were when they heard the news that John F. Kennedy, the President of the United States, had been assassinated. Jim and I will be back on the other side of this break. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, and of course, to find out about the programming of the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV, visit www.simultv.com. that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Welcome back, everyone. Jim Kepke is my special guest this hour. We're talking about the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. And uh, Jim is the author of a, of a very interesting book. It's entitled Chasing Ghosts. It's all about Jim's investigative work into the assassination, and it is available on Amazon.com. Uh, Jim, I also understood that understand that you talked to Howard Hunt. And what was that like? Uh, well, he was uh, definitely a kind of a <laughs> cranky old guy at the time. Um, I couldn't get much out of him, mm -hmm. but uh, one thing that I found is interesting is later on as he was dying, he uh, apparently told his son, I believe there's a recording out there on the Internet, too, that um, there was a conspiracy to to kill Kennedy now. One of the, the theories out there is that Hunt and some of the Cubans who worked for him mm -hmm. were involved in the Kennedy assassination. And now that's, I, 
I have another interesting bit here to you, and I honestly, I'll tell you up front, I'm not sure what to make of it, but I spoke with a, uh, a person in the Nixon White House who held a you know real good position in the Nixon White House who told right. me that when they make what made the tapes in the Oval Office, and I'm referring here, of course, to the famous Watergate tapes, they always made a copy. So even though Nixon apparently erased 18 minutes of a tape, there was a copy of that that might still exist. And what he told me is that copy of the tape has a conversation by Richard Nixon, then president, right, right. talking about Hunt and some of his Cubans being involved in the Kennedy assassination. Now, that to me is another smoking gun that may still be out there. I was told um, that one of Nixon's daughters might have a copy of that tape. And I did contact her, and uh, it was the oddest thing. You know, I, I said, you know, I'm not looking to say anything bad about, about your father. Uh, he was a president. I respect him for that. I just want this information for the American people to know what really happened. And asked her if I could come and make a copy if she had the tape. So about a week after I sent her that that letter, I get mm-hmm. a letter back from her in the mail, and the everything is handwritten. So she either wrote it or she had a secretary, someone write it. And I opened up the envelope, and there was nothing in it. <laughs> and I, I don't know. Maybe she was trying to say, "This is what you're going to get from me." Nothing. I don't know. But it just always seemed funny to me that she wouldn't put in a note that said, I don't know what you're talking about, or I won't help you, or something along those lines. But it was kind of a mysterious, cryptic way to respond to me, I thought. During your investigation, um, did you look into the Zupur film? And if so, what's your take on it? Well, thank goodness for the Zupur film, I would say, or I don't think it ever would have gained any traction, this idea of looking into the Kennedy assassination to find out what really happened. Um, it's, it's clear to me, as I think it is to, to pretty much everyone who's seen it, that there had to have been a shot from the front because mm-hmm. of the way Kennedy's head is, is pushed back. Um, there's a lot of talk about the Zapruder film. Yeah. Now, one thing that we do know is that there were other um, pictures taken, but people, allegedly people with the Secret Service or some federal authorities confiscated those pictures and those films, and most of them have disappeared. I would not be surprised if somewhere someone up in their attic in Dallas has some film or pictures that you know might be very valuable. In your opinion, is there a connection between the assassination of JFK and the, the assassination of Bobby Kennedy? I, I tend to think so, because about a month before Bobby Kennedy was assassinated, mm-hmm. he made reference to John's assassination, and he said something about if he became president, he would look into and find out what really happened. And then a month later, he was he was killed. And again, if you know if you've looked into that at all, you know that there's some funny stuff that happened with the uh, the assassination of Robert Kennedy too. Um, some very strange stuff, and you know. It, it just, none of it passes the smell test. There's some strange stuff that happened with that. When you look at everything that you uncovered and the information that you have been so successful in bringing to the public, in your opinion, Jim, why do you think Kennedy was assassinated? I mean, just because you wanted to disband the CIA, does that make sense to assassinate a president? Well, he threatened all the power interests. Uh-huh. Um, the CIA, my understanding of the people there, they had their own opinion about what the United States should be doing. And they felt that Kennedy was too friendly with the Soviets, they too friendly with the communists. Kennedy wanted peace. He wanted detente. And they didn't believe in what he was doing. So if you want to say the word coup, yeah, they favored a coup in order to get him out there and put in someone much more aggressive, much tougher. Um, And so what we got was President Lyndon Johnson, who an example of his aggressiveness was Mm -hmm. he escalated the Vietnam War and 
you know, I'd have to ask you how you think that turned out. It's uh, yeah. you know, tens of thousands of, of people dying for what? But wasn't it Kennedy who brought the United States into the Vietnam conflict? Well, if you go back far enough, it actually started with Eisenhower. But you're right, Kennedy did send some advisors, yeah. but he also... Uh, shortly before he died, pulled out, I think it was about 1,000 of the advisors. Wow. And he had told people that after the election, he was, you know, very politically astute. Mm-hmm. He was going to wait until after he was reelected to pull out the rest of the, the advisors. I think his words on it were, it's the uh, South Vietnam's war to win or lose, you know, not the United States. And I think he felt we were getting too involved, too deep in somebody else's war, which, of course, is opposite of what many people in the military and CIA felt. But isn't so it also... I, he, he offended a lot of yeah. people. But isn't it also true that war makes money? Yes, yes. War is a racket, I think is the yeah. saying. And a lot of people made a lot of money uh, with the war, a lot of defense industries, billions and billions of dollars sunk into that. And... Uh, you know, I, I've heard it said, war is a racket. It's 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 a shame. And, of course, LBJ and his uh, buddies certainly had uh, their fingers in a lot of pies when it came into oil and oil exploration. Yes, uh, LBJ was, was well-connected with a lot of people in yeah. the uh, military-industrial complex, with uh, the oil companies. You, you know, the, there are a lot of very wealthy Texas oilmen, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Allegedly, Johnson had a lot of, you know, to do with all of them, very heavily influenced by that. You know, uh, a senator from Arizona, Barry Goldwater, once said that Lyndon Johnson made an awful lot of money while he was president. (laughs) And he said, you know, he was just putting that out there, hoping somebody would, would look into it. But, of course, no one ever paid much attention to it. All these years later, still the biggest mystery going uh why doesn't why doesn't the president today joe biden or 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 even obama or even president trump why didn't they reopen the investigation into the assassination of jfk since it was never concluded beyond a shadow of a doubt what actually happened well you know i wish i really knew the answer to that i do know that politically it would be very difficult for them to do that but I also think that, you know, regardless of your political affiliation, mm-hmm. people like Obama, people like Joe Biden, they don't want to offend the powers that be. And it seems to be the the powers that be, the media especially, they don't want a reopening into the investigation. Why? Um, or, well, I think what we saw in the 1960s was the end of journalism. There was so much out there that wasn't right about Mm -hmm. the Warren Commission report. And journalists, for the most part, the media, they, they, you know, they turned their back on it. They closed their eyes to all this stuff going on. And I think they would be called to task for, you know, where were they in the 1960s when all these odd things were coming up about the, uh, the Kennedy assassination? And journalists did nothing. The media did nothing. They just... You know, they kept talking, well, it was only Oswald, only Oswald. Right. Uh, they did not do their jobs. And yet today, with all the social media, the attention that it gets, the, for example, the Me Too movement, look what look what that did. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the social media is a dual-sided sword. You know, it can do a lot of good, but as we've seen with the rioting and everything else, it can also do a lot of evil. Yes. Jim, stand by, yes. my friend. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. In Dexon Nation, Jim Kepke is our special guest of this hour. He is the author of Chasing Ghosts, which is available uh, on Amazon.com. And Jim and I will be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in beautiful Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. My guest this hour is Jim Kepke, and Jim is the author of Chasing Ghosts, which is available on Amazon.com. Jim, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Always a great pleasure talking to you, and uh, the work that you've done in your book and into the Kennedy assassination, man, hats off to you, my friend. Thank you. Jim, where were you when you learned the news that President Kennedy had been assassinated? Well, I was in the fourth grade in a classroom, and my teacher, who uh, was always, you know, a very nice teacher, very nice lady, always in control, mm -hmm. she walked into our classroom, and she was crying. And, you know, for a kid to see their teacher crying, you really got your attention. And yeah. she said the president had been shot, and that's how we found out about it. It was, you know, quite a shock. But I think everyone remembers, you know, where they were when that happened, whenever, you know, a major event like that happens. What, in your opinion, was Jack Ruby in all of this? You know, a lot of people, well, like I remember seeing Ruby shoot uh, Oswald in the, in the basement or in the parking lot of the uh, Dallas police station. Yeah, he was, um, I guess you would call him a low-level operative of the mob. Mm -hmm. And I think they, uh, they, they had called him in and told him he needed to take care of Oswald. It's standard practice. You eliminate the main person, in this case Oswald, and you pretty much end the end the case, end the investigation. You, he's the patsy. You pin the blame on him. He's not alive to defend himself. Um, Ruby had a lot of mob connections. It's been well documented going back to his Chicago days. And, you know, my understanding of it is when Bob tells you to do something, you better do it whether you want to or not. But, but why would the mob want uh, Oswald uh, taken care of if Oswald had nothing to do with the mob and there was no connection to the mob having anything to do with the assassination? Wouldn't that start pointing a lot of fingers at the mob? Uh, you would think so, and they did at least mention it when the House uh, Committee on Assassinations mm -hmm. back in the 1970s looked into it. They did seem to say there seemed to be something going on there with uh, some mafia connections, but and again, nothing nothing came of it. They recommended that the Justice Department look into it, and the Justice Department totally dropped it. They never did anything about it, about any of the information that was revealed back then. So 
it's just it's frustrating because uh, when pieces of information come out that it, it you know it seems like there's something going on here, the government refuses to look into it. It refuses to do anything about it. I I know you're not a psychic, but I'm going to ask you this question anyway. What kind of world do you think it would have been if JFK would not have been assassinated, but was a two-term president? I think it would be so much better, Rob, that we we couldn't we just couldn't be, believe it. I think Bobby Kennedy would have pretty much eliminated the mafia. I don't think there would have been a Vietnam War, and I'll think about that. No Vietnam War, mm-hmm. no reason to get out and protest in the streets, no distrust of government. Um, the distrust of government is really something that came out of the 1960s. I think it would be, you know, a much healthier country. I think uh, it'd be a much happier country. But the effects from that event in the 1960s, and not just that event, but of the government covering it up, um, are still with us today. Hmm. You know, when, when I look back, I was a kid like you, Jim. I was in grade five when we found out that President Kennedy had been assassinated. Even though we were up here in Canada, it still had a large ripple effect. And it seems after all these years and after all the investigations or the alleged apparent investigations, that were no closer to the truth. 50 years later, 50 plus years now. True. True. And it's it's because there's been this wall built mm-hmm. mostly by the government and also I think by by journalists and media um, not allowing all the evidence to come out uh, not really having any desire to fully investigate and thoroughly investigate the Kennedy assassination and um, it, it's it's frustrating it really is because one of the you know the basics of America is that we have a government that is for the people. Right. But on this, the government has fought the people for 60 years. And there's no chance of that changing? I, I don't see any chance of that changing, especially not with the, uh, the current administration we have here. No, I, I just don't think so. And it seems like most of the people who get elected to office are pretty well connected to the swamp. So... What are you going to do, you know? Do you think there is, in fact, a shadow government, the puppet, uh, the puppeteers behind the puppets that, that we see in Washington? Well, there, there seem to be. And, you know, sometimes, like lately, mm-hmm. with President Biden, he has said some bizarre things, like they won't let me do this or they don't want me to ask, answer questions. I wish someone would ask him who they is. <laughs> You know, he seems to refer to other people controlling him. Yeah, it seems like uh, President Biden has his own way of doing things, for example, with the press pool. You know, it's who he wants to answer questions for that best suit him, not the questions that the people usually, uh, the members of the media usually ask a president. Uh, it's, it's, It's totally changed in Washington, as far as I can see, being an outsider. But you as an American, how do you know, what do you think of the changes, or am I just imagining these changes that are happening in Washington? Oh, no, the, the changes are, are real. You know, if you want to, regardless of your political persuasion, mm-hmm. I think an, an honest person has to say there's so much of a difference with how the press treats Joe Biden versus how they treated Donald Trump. They would go after Trump um, with a fierceness yeah. uh, when they would ask him questions. But again, with Biden, it's it's either a question that Biden has been given the answer to in advance yeah. or it's some sort of softball question. What, what's your favorite ice cream? You know? <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. Do you think that this could all, uh, you know, the way that Joe Biden is being treated by the media has something to do with the fact that he was President Obama's vice president? Oh, I think so. I mean... When Obama was president, I mean, mm-hmm. there was a love fest uh, between him and, and the media. Yeah. He seldom got any difficult questions. He seldom had a, uh, you know, a bad story printed about him. Uh, he was really treated with kid, kid gloves. And then President Trump came in and he was fought tooth and nail by the media. Absolutely, yep, 
Yes. So what's next for Jim Kepke? Well, you know, I'm still working on trying to secure the uh, the information that we talked about earlier. I still have some contacts in the Russian government that I work with, and mm-hmm. I'm still trying some different ideas to try and try and get that information released. And again, Rob, you'll be the first person I let know if uh, if I ever get that. And I, I will, you know, again, it's not something I'm going to sit on. Sure. If I get that, I'm going to put it out there on the Internet right away for everyone to uh, to be able to access. What would it take, in your opinion, for the government to reopen the case, whether it, whether it causes a black eye or whether it, the truth is totally different from the Warren Con, uh, Commission report and it's exposed as being nothing else but a bunch of crap? Well, I think what would happen if I were to come up with these uh, tapes yeah. that the Russian government has and release those, I do think the government would be forced to reopen their investigation because I think this is something that would bring the country together and it would bring them together to demand to know the real truth, to know what really happened that day. And in my opinion, the American people deserve to know what the truth is, not only about yeah. the JFK assassination, but everything, just like we Canadians deserve to know the truth about what is going on within the walls of Parliament and how it affects the Canadian public. Jim, let our listeners know where they can get a copy of your book again. It's on Amazon.com. And Jim, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Always a great pleasure to uh, speak to you and to you and yours. All the very best, my friend. Thank you so much, Rob. Always good to talk to you. Take care and blessings. All right, Exo Nation, my guest this hour has been Jim Kepke, and uh, we've been talking about Jim's new book. Enti- oh, well, it's not a new book, but it's available on Amazon.com. The name of the book is Chasing Ghosts. And once again, the name of the book is Chasing Ghosts by Jim Kepke, and it is available on Amazon.com. Now, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Send me your emails. Tell me what you think. Exxon at TV.com. Don't go away. up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in this is your sign to thank them and if you're that friend this is us saying thank you now get a sausage McMuffin sausage biscuit sausage burrito or hash browns choose two for $2.50 enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2 price of participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal single item at regular price Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 